we have a parable, and most scholars would agree that the king would represent God. And there is a wedding now. I don't know if you know much about Jewish weddings. They're, they're unlike our weddings here. They may go for as long as a week. And Jesus, in other parts of Scripture, compares heaven to a wedding. Because for the Jewish people, especially the poor, this was like a major event. It was an event of unity, event of hope, because of what was happening there. I think we could probably say that the bride and the groom represent Christ and his church. Because the, in, in the weddings, in part of the ritual for Catholic weddings, it assumes that, it is, that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and his bride is the church. That's why I tell the couples that are getting married, particularly addressed at the man, the, the groom, You are, in a sense, representing Christ. And you should, you should be prepared to die for your bride. If you're not prepared to do that, let's call this whole thing off. They don't like to hear that. But because Jesus died for his bride. But then people say, what is that, festi- that, that garment that caused that guy to be thrown out? That's what I wondered for many years. It's some research. And it's important uh, to know that, uh, see, part of the genius of the, of the Jewish people is that they had very, very strong and important rituals and they pass that along to the Catholic Church. Part of our genius as a Catholic Church is the power of the rituals that we have. It has kept us together for a couple of thousand years. And so one of the rituals or social customs in ancient Palestine was something that happened at a wedding banquet. Some of them have carried on to rituals still to this day. And one of the uh, uh, customs was if you were invited to a wedding, and so we see in here an invitation. That part there is, is, again, a continuation of the last few weeks. Jesus is talking about salvation history, how he's going to come, and he will be rejected. And those that he came to will reject him. So then he'll go out to the Gentiles through St. Paul. And so, when you were invited to uh, uh, a wedding banquet, which is, as I said, a very important affair, the closest to heaven on earth as you could probably get in those days, it was a, a, a kind of a little ritual, social custom to, to give uh, a festive garment to everybody who came in. 
it's almost like a welcome gift. Today, it's, it's a little bit like, the, like brides, bridesmaids get, get gifts, and the groom gives some gifts to, to his, uh, at the party there. But in those days, everybody at the wedding was given a festive garment as a welcome gift. It could be anything as, as much as a colored scarf or a shawl, something that would be visual. See, that's one thing that rituals do. A good ritual, you'll be able to, just by watching without words, you would be able to figure out, okay, this is important here, and this means something here, and this also has some significance too. Okay, in this case, the garment was to provide a sense of unity. That's what our word community has in it. Community. Everybody is together. Okay. As simple as that sounds, I'm sure that many of you could raise your hand if I said, is there disunity among your relatives and families? Yeah, it's hard to maintain that. Okay. But it's very important. Um, part, of a, part, of a, part of the rituals that we, sometimes we miss at Mass, because Mass is the greatest ritual, <clears throat> is that coming together into one place that's part of the ritual. Gathering of people, different kind of people, people who some don't like each other, but they're gathered okay, to gather together as one. Unity is extremely important in the church. Okay, very important, unity. <clears throat> and so as you would walk into this way, you see everybody with, uh, say, the same colors. And they would say, oh, these, all, these are all people going, uh, who belong here. They've been invited. And those colors, as festive as they were, would make sure that they're a little bit different and not as nice as the bride and groom. So when they come in, they have the most beautiful clothing. And you see just visually, oh, okay, there's a unity here between the bride and groom and all the people gathered here. Okay, so that was important. <clears throat> now, we, so we see the king comes in to greet the guests. And lo and behold, he finds a guest without a wedding garment. So he goes, goes up to him. He's, and uh, there's only two possible reasons why a guest would not have a wedding garment. We know what the response was when the king came and asked him, Where, where's your wedding garment? What was his response? It said, he was reduced to silence. There was no answer he could give. Something was wrong. As we would say, he's been busted. Okay, so the two possible reasons. He either sneaked in without being invited. So he was out of place here. Or most likely, and probably including that, he didn't care about celebrating the wedding. He just wanted to enjoy the food and drink while doing his own thing. He wasn't interested about unity. He wasn't interested about the relationship that he had with those people. And particularly, he had no relationship with the bride and the groom. Okay, so yeah, then you look at what I said earlier. Who does a bride and groom signify? Jesus and his church. But you can use your Catholic imagination to take it from there. He was not really a guest. 
the way I take this parable is that all of us who say we are followers of Christ, we must have an intimate relationship with God. So the questions that emerge from this reading is this. Is God in your life in an intimate way? Do you have an intimate relationship with God? Maybe somebody would say, wow, they really, they're not only a friend of Jesus, but they are like one. Now, we have statistics, people who study these things. Now, the number of Catholics who have actually an intimate relationship with God, it's in single digits, by the way, if you need, in case you're interested. But we are, you will hear more and more in our church through the bishops. From the, we've already heard this from the Pope. He established an office of evangelization, basically saying to you, um, don't expect Father and the nuns to do all the evangelizing. You're evangelizers too. And part of your job, you have a different role. My role's different. But the same thing is that we are supposed to be evangelizing. We'll put it another way, making sure people have an intimate, close relationship and encounter with Jesus Christ. That's key. Okay? We are not only to have a relationship with God, but it must be intimate. And further than that, it must be the most important relationship that we have in our lives. That's our goal. We must do whatever it takes in order to get there. As I said before, there's no relationship in this world in our, in our lives. This goes for everyone. There's no more important relationship that we have by far than the relationship that we have with God because everything we have will pass away. It'll be gone. Our relationships aren't going to be here. Everything you own probably end up in a garbage dump. A lot of things that we're involved with right now are going to, be see, are going to seem so unimportant. Things that we're stressing out about now doesn't matter. A lot of us don't want to think about that, but we must. Now, we, would, we must also, we're called to be living examples of that. We have our work cut out for us. Can't say, well, I didn't know that. When we stand before God at the end. Maybe you've heard people say this. Oh, the church, you know, that Catholic church, that's all rules and regulations. That's a good sign of a person who, who a very good sign a person who has no relationship with Christ. I want to quote a uh, uh, former cardinal, um, God rest his soul. He used to be the, uh, the, the bishop of, uh, archbishop of uh, Portland. Then he, was, uh, he used to be the bishop of um, Yakima, of Yakima. And then he became the cardinal of, of Chicago. Uh, I, I, I met him when he was, uh, when he was a bishop of, of uh, Yakima because he was 
trying to offer me a job, but I said, uh, I'm already employed in Seattle, thank you. <clears throat> uh, you. Some of you might know who I'm talking about, uh, uh, Fra Francis George. Um, and he, and he's, uh, he was also in charge, he was also the, uh, the president of the Nas National Bishops at one point too. So he was, he, he was uh, of all the bishops in the United States. Very intelligent guy. And so this is what, I never forgot what he said. This is a, uh, a quote of his that I like the best. He said, <clears throat> if you do not have a relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, then the church for you will just be a bunch of rules and regulations. <laughs>